Welcome to Create Beauty Every Day. This is a podcast with me, Deanne Fitzpatrick, and beautiful people who I get to talk to from across the world. And today, and, and it's from Hook, it's sponsored by hookingrugs.com. Don't let me forget that little thing. Um, because that's our website where we attempt to create beauty every day through rug hooking. And uh, today I've invited a special guest and her name is Marianne Wise. And I have never actually met Marianne in person, but I've followed the work that she's been doing for a long time. And I, I thought you guys would be interested in it. So Marianne, why don't you tell us the work that you're doing? Sure. Thanks, Deanne. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I'm speaking to you from Stockholm, Wisconsin, which is a little town on the Mississippi River in the middle of the United States. The population is 99 people, and I live on a farm outside of Stockholm. It's a century farm, so it's about 100, over 100 years old. And I, I wear a number of hats, Deanne, like so many of us. I, I wear a bunch of hats. And I used to be a full-time textile artist. I wove rugs. I hooked rugs. I did a little teaching of rug hooking. Um, getting people to tell their stories, uh, one-of-a-kind rugs. And um, then, you know, there, there's almost no short story here, so you'll have to stop me if I get too long-winded, Deanne. Um, I'm interested. Yeah, keep going. We're so I followed a friend, Jody Slocum, down to Guatemala in about 2000. Six and the truth is, I walked into something that I couldn't pretend I didn't see. Uh, Jody had been a good friend of mine for many, many years, and um, also a weaver. And she had been volunteering in Guatemala for about twenty years at the time. And I wanted to go down and collect Guatemalan textiles, which I love, um, with the idea that they would inspire me and inform my studio practice. And uh, what, what happened was uh, we walked into something that we couldn't pretend we didn't see. And it's one of those things where, you know, I, I, I tried to ignore it for a couple of years, but it's like the universe kept putting it right back in front of me on my path. And Did you walk into? Yeah. So we met any number of extremely talented Mayan women who, um, just had this capacity to weave extraordinary garments woven on the most basic uh, looms, backstrap looms, which is really nothing more than a sophisticated collection of sticks and threads. And what they could do with that backstrap loom, with that equipment, it's one of those things where, you know, the sum is far greater than its parts. And, uh, and yet they were extremely poor, impoverished. Um, beyond anything I had ever experienced before. And it just didn't make sense to me how such talented people could be so impoverished. And anyway, kind of came home and um, ended up doing a fundraiser for a number of Jody's friends in Guatemala. And along the way then, um, we ended up going back to Guatemala met all kinds of women who were involved in fair trade craft production work and um, ended up offering to teach a weekend long rug hooking class. It, it, it really was supposed to be a, a weekend long class. And 
of course, what I couldn't predict at the time was how that would begin to inform the rest of my life. So how, how has it informed the rest of your life? Well, I, I, the weekend long rug hooking class uh, ended up where women would use the most basic materials that they buy locally, mm-hmm. um, clothing that you and I would discard and probably not consider worthy for rug hooking. But clothing, I'm guessing, in another time, the women that came before us would have hooked with them because that would have been all that they had. So I'm talking t-shirts and knit fabrics and things like that. Anything really that shows up in the used clothing pile. Used clothing is a huge industry within Guatemala. And so we decided to use whatever was available, which was this used clothing. And, and the women ended up really liking the technique. Um, They asked the, the organization, uh, could they get that woman back down to Guatemala, that gringa back down to Guatemala and and teach another class. And it was at this second class that I just saw the, I saw the possibilities that just honestly kind of gave me goosebumps. I, I could see that this could be an economic game changer. And by that, I mean, they, they approach their work with such abandon, such lack of artistic inhibition that I found, uh, I sort of felt like I was looking at rug hooking fresh for the very first time. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah, just yeah. so wonderful. So tell me what, what you did after the second class. What Did you start selling the rugs for the Mayan women? or Yeah. So Guatemala, what, They were Guatemalan, not Mayan, right? They are Mayan women from Guatemala. Yeah, so Guatemala is a country with, um, oh gosh, I don't know, about 4 million people. And there are about 23 recognized language groups. And they are all Mayan women um, that we work with. About half of the country is considered indigenous. And of those indigenous people, about 23 separate languages are spoken. And they would self-identify as Maya. And um, yeah, so we taught another class and I ended up taking some of those early rugs home to see if I could sell them and people ended up buying them. And um, we began a conversation with the organization that sponsored our workshops about teaching more classes. And uh, it just kind of took off. Um, One thing led to another. um, And, I just kept seeing this extraordinary promise and possibilities using the most simple materials. So yeah, we, we sold the rugs and at some point along the way, I uh, decided that we needed to start a nonprofit for the organization so that we would have independence from this other organization that we were working with. Yeah. That would give us the capacity to kind of be more nimble, if you will. Okay. And um, I mean, I, I, I honestly never imagined I would start a nonprofit anywhere, let alone Guatemala. Yeah. But, um, but we did. And we were fortunate in that we were met with a number of core people were involved from the beginning that saw the promise and uh, economic potential in a way that was bigger than any of us ever envisioned. And 
So we formed a nonprofit called Multicalories, kept training women, um, at one point decided that my capacity to come down and keep teaching was limited. So let's create a curriculum where we could train a handful of women to become teachers, design teachers. Guatemalan and they could, women. The Guatemalan, Mayan women, and they could go you know, into their own communities and they would make a far more effective teacher than, than me because right. they were from the community. Yeah. They spoke the language, they had overcome similar obstacles. And, um, and, and that went on for about a year. And they taught how many, how many women have learned? I, I want to say, uh, probably about 70 or 80 women have Wonderful. learned, but yeah. we don't work with that many anymore. So what happens in, yeah. in the nonprofit world, you know, people kind of segue in and out. Yes. People decide that they, it's really perhaps not for them. Yeah. Um, they'd rather, they, and maybe they're fortunate that they get another economic opportunity. Um, and okay. what I, what I learned in Guatemala is there's just so few chances to earn income. Um, especially if you're indigenous, if you're rural, if you're poor, um, the average school age of the women that I work with is maybe sixth grade. And so there's very little formal education, and yet I have just the utmost respect for their artistic talents, for their capacity to to learn, to embrace, to be motivated. And, you know, it's one of the things that I've learned is to, you know, give me, give me a motivated woman in any day, I would take motivation over natural talent. Yes, it's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? There's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, Marianne, um, the uh, of the seventy women, and you, I know you're not working with that many anymore. Um, how has it shaped their family homes and stuff economically? How has it affected yeah. their, their yeah. lives? Yeah, so that's a that's a, a good, fair question. So, one of the things that the nonprofit does is announce X number of days a month, maybe two days a month. And by the way, this is going on even in the midst of lockdown with COVID throughout Guatemala. Right. Yeah. We are, we are still, we buy the work outright. Nothing is on consignment because right. we absolutely understand that the women need, need the money today to feed their families tonight, which is even more important in, in COVID times. Um, and who knows when that'll be lifted. Um, so what happens is, you know, this is a woman, she's, let's say she's graduated fourth grade, and she's married, she maybe has four or five children, and her, her experience working outside the home is, is probably very, very limited. Maybe she's um, picked coffee or done some agricultural work, but has had very few opportunities to earn income. And so she learns this technique, rug hooking, and she learns throughout that to design her own rugs based on her textile traditions that are deeply embedded within her culture. And lo and behold, she starts selling that work. And all of a sudden what happens is she begins to perceive herself as a person capable of success in the marketplace. 
And it's such a fundamental shift in her self-perception. And, you know, Deanne, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like I, I have studied this and I know this. I, I don't know this beyond what I have seen with my eyes. I, I've been an artist all of my life. I don't come at this with a background in economic development. And yet that is exactly what, what is occurring. Um, so the, the women begins to change her self-perception and that is an extremely fundamental change that occurs. And what happens is other people within her household notice that change in self-perception. The husband notices that, the children notices that. And pretty soon the women start referring themselves as artists and that reflects a personal narrative that kind of belies this fundamental shift in their basic human value, which is extraordinary. And, you know, initially you look for things like these economic markers, you know, maybe they bring in um, potable water, um, which you would think, you know, is a right that everybody should have, right? But for many of the women that they don't have potable water, it means uh, they have to buy a super expensive pipe that taps into a village well, that kind of thing. Or maybe they buy a, a pia, an out, uh, outside sink, um, so they don't have to walk down a mountain with the family laundry every day and haul it back up the mountain. Mm -hmm. Now maybe they have the capacity to do that at home. And... Or maybe they buy glass for the windows so that animals and whatnot can't just help themselves to the interior of their homes. So that might be the, what I'm describing there are, are sort of these initial markers, you know, the obvious economic improvements. But uh, what, I'm, what we're seeing now is this focus on the shift um, in personal self-perception. And I think that when the project looks back 20 years from now, the women that have been in it from day one, they would say, yes, I think it's really great that we had this access to this economic opportunity, but I will bet money that what they really value is going to be that shift in self-perception that triggered all these other shifts. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's not really what you set out to do, but it is what happened. Is that what you're telling me? That is, that is it. That, that is it. It's, um, I mean, we set out sort of seeing um, a bounty of materials in these used clothing. We saw rug hooking as a way for women to expand their income earning opportunities. It wasn't happening down in Guatemala. We saw it as a way to fill a market niche where um, you could look at other craft development projects around the globe, and this would be different in that women are creating their own designs, one of a kind, and that reflect their cultural heritage. And it's just one of these things that builds and builds and builds, and it expands as you see more possibilities. And as we saw more possibilities with the rugs, we then began to see how the women started to change in their self-perception and are looking at ways that we can support them in other avenues of their life. Marianne, how did it change you? Oh, yeah. Right. Um, 
you know, it's the obvious would be it has made me so extremely grateful for what I have in my in my life, right? And that's kind of an immediate obvious thing. But it also caused me to think that we all have talents. We all have gifts that we can bring to the world. And as I said, I never in a million years thought I would start a nonprofit anywhere, let alone Guatemala. But, you know, you walk into this thing and um, it keeps it. You just you just couldn't turn your back on it. And I, th I think a lot of us have that capacity. And so are you um, saying that you, you surprised yourself? Like yeah. It made you more grateful, but you just didn't even know really you wouldn't have suspected that you would have had that response. Oh my gosh, no. I, no. I just, I wasn't looking for it. It wasn't an intentional piece of my life. Um, and I, I think artistically, I just so admire the capacity of the, these women to, you know, create this works of art from such humble materials. And the way that they view the world through this prism of this extraordinary textile heritage um, they put together pattern and color in a way that I just could never imagine, no matter what. And um, I'm envious, you know, I'm, I'm envious. And I, that I think is, is a gift. It, 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 it makes me see the world um, anew. It, it's, it, that is a gift. And um, where the sum is greater than its parts. And um, I like it when someone shows me the familiar in a way that I've not seen before. Mm -hmm. That's a gift. Yeah. Where can people go to see these rugs? So you can see the rugs. One of the other hats I wear is, uh, and this also developed from the work that I do in Guatemala, starting a business in our little tiny town on the Mississippi River called Cultural Cloth. And Cultural Cloth sells the rugs of Multicolores. Multicolores is the name of the nonprofit that we started, multicolores.org. And Deanne, I'm just going to give a shout out right now to some of the women, including Canadian women, who have come to Guatemala with us. We lead a rug cooking tour uh, every year. And it's an opportunity for women, North American rug cookers, regardless of their skill, could be ranked beginners, or practiced, you know, expert um, to come down and buddy up one-on-one -on -one with one of the Mayan rug hookers. And uh, so hello out there to everybody who's been on the tour. Thanks for, they become our ambassadors, our champions. We rely on that, on their generosity. And um, so you can go to multicolories.org or culturalcloth.com. Okay. And and there you can see the rugs, you can yep. sign up for tours, you can, yep. yeah, okay, great, yeah, wonderful. I really appreciate it, and you've, you've recently written a book, I think, because I, I read the book. I uh, read the book, not only that, and, and you wrote I, a, little, a little, yeah, because it is, I mean, the tradition that the Mayan women are doing, I mean, we're just really a few generations from that tradition ourselves. I find it interesting that people, people sort of think it's, oh my gosh, look at, look at that but I mean it was probably my mother's generation were the last generation not to do that here in Canada in Nova Scotia uh, to make a little money from uh, from rug hooking yeah you know? 
Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, it is, we're not really, I mean, in, in Atlantic Canada, certainly we're not very far from that ourselves. Right. Right, which is a beautiful thing, really. It's 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 a pretty remarkable thing, and you also used everything that you had, you know. Um, I used wool. I always used wool. Did I you? Wool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I used what was accessible in in wool clothing, and there was a, it was abundant at that time when I started. It's much less abundant now. Yeah. 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 But uh, no, I mean, I, I'm a long way. I'm I'm a I'm a long way from using everything that I have now. I'm always, I, um, I'm always, you know, buying new cloth, new yarn, new wool, um, yep. because uh, recycled wool is just not available really yeah. anymore. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me like you've had a, you've something changed your life really, Marianne. Yes, it absolutely changed my life. Yeah. And um, I feel very, very fortunate to, know have come to know these amazing women who motivate me every day they are inspiring they're they just yeah they in touch with the women like on a daily basis a weekly basis a monthly basis how how is it now how do you keep in touch so i keep in touch via the nonprofit. um what I go down probably twice a year now. Yeah. Uh, we have a staff of six people in Guatemala. It grew yeah. and um, recently hired a creative director. And the idea is to begin to transfer my creative direction, somehow make it part of the organizational DNA so that when, you know, when we're all going to leave this planet at some point that this can continue. Um, we've also, and so I'll go down, maybe do a workshop, uh, did a story telling workshop, uh, last winter. And it's lovely to see some of the rugs that are, that are coming out of, out of this, out of the, as a result of this workshop, you know, Mayan, uh, culture is so rich and deep and all these communities have their own little ceremonies and, cultural myths and things like that, creation mythology, you name it. And it's, it's just been lovely to see them tap into a new source, if you will. Mm -hmm. And um, we're also now beginning to work with embroiders where the idea is we kind of prove the model, if you will, of the curriculum that we created for the row cooking project we prove the model by transferring that design curriculum into another media, namely embroidery. Yeah. Which there is also an enormously strong tradition of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, it's really interesting what you've done with, with part, you know, for how long, how long did you say it's been, excuse me for asking again. So the very first rug cooking class was in 2009. Okay. So so, it's been over the last, over the last 11 years. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story with me today. I really, I hooked and listened to you the whole time. And that was, it's really interesting. You know, your, your story is a really interesting one. And I'm glad that, that, uh, that it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that it is changing lives because I really do believe, I believe that rug hooking, I don't think you have to go far away to know that it changes lives. I, I've always said that. I, I really believe that creativity 
and in particular changes people's lives. Well, it does. And to be able to tap into that with such fearless abandon is, um, you know, you asked, what have, what have I learned? And that is one of the things um, that I've learned from the women. They're, they're just, they have this abandonment that I think we could all take note of. Um, one of the things that happens on the rug hooking tours is uh, women, you know, we buddy up and that very first day you meet your buddy and then I tell the women, the North Americans and those who are experienced practitioners and have been to rug camps, I uh, say to them, okay, you've met your buddy, what time is it right now? It's 10 a.m. Okay, lunch is at noon and I guarantee you some of you will be pulling loops before noon. You will have designed a rug, pick some colors, and be pulling loops before noon. And nobody believes me. And what is lovely is that the Mayan women just jump right in. They're fearless about their design cap- you know, capacity. And, and everybody is just in awe of that. Um, and they'll work with you on your design. If you don't have an idea, they'll present you with an idea. It's been everything from let's tweak the design to I've come down here at Guatemala with a design in mind. Now I'm gonna work with my buddy. We're gonna throw that design out. We're gonna start fresh and we'll still be bowling loops by noon. And yeah, it, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing, all right. Thank you, Marianne. So tell us again where we can find you. Sure, culturalcloth.com or multicolores.org. Thanks very much. I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and today I was talking to Marianne Wise about her experience in teaching women in Guatemala about rug hooking, and really it was an experience about what they taught her. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to you. So I'm Deanne Fitzpatrick, and uh, if you want to hear more from us, go to hookingrugs.com because there's lots of beautiful information on there and lots more podcasts. See you later. Thank you.